Hey, it's me. It's Ryan. It's it's Ryan Blewett, the writer and the director of a of a little movie called Relativity. Uh, and and you know what? This is the commentary track for that movie. Uh, so uh, if you have it queued up on YouTube and uh, or I don't know someplace else, maybe a made yourself a DVD of it because there are no DVDs of this movie that I've made. Um, you can queue that up and you can uh, press play in three, two. One. Here we go. There are so many days you're all that I think about. That's weirdly enough, that was one of the first things that I had written um, for the movie. It was like I had tried to make that work uh, a few different times, and this is the movie that it ended up in. Today is the worst day of my life. Yeah, that the opening was was supposed to really demonstrate that. You know, Jonah has this kind of like intense fixation on on JC and on pretty much everything in his life, for good or for bad. Um, and then we we have all these shots of the neighborhood here, uh, just to kind of set the scene and just to show like how sterile everything is and kind of what we're getting into. It's like all these lines and these boxes, this like suburban landscape, um, which is just north of Chicago. If you're wondering where we shot this in Vernon Hills. Vernon, Vernon Hills, not Vernon Park. Um, yeah, and this opening shot, this like first scene is also pretty important because it kind of, I mean, we can think about it when we get to the end, but this first scene is like a wide shot of them um, all separate, like the three of them all separate. And then, well, you either know or you'll see what the last shot is um, and how it compares. Yeah, that wheelchair I wasn't too happy with that wheelchair. As a matter of fact, I had gotten one for for Dalton, who plays Ollie, to um, to uh, to to practice with in the weeks before, and uh, and then we didn't bring it out to Chicago because we like borrowed this one from from Maddie, who who plays JC. She she borrowed it from someone, um, but I didn't love how it looked. It worked out though. It's only in my head. It's one of those things. Yeah, see right there. I always notice it is that is that he actually said uh, the Prince of Pussies. In, that was like an improv, an improvisation, and I kept it in like until the very end, and then it just kind of seemed like too much, like tonally weird for him to call Jonah. I don't know, like a pussy. Like it, it language wise, it didn't fit in. But here we are on the commentary track where I'm so... here in this too. Um this this secret spot saying is i forget what i had written but um but all their actors got together to rehearse and like kind of practice being friends and see what their dynamic was and they came up with this themselves yeah except for vicky she's okay yeah they'd come up with that together and this guy coming up um james stewart uh He's an actor that I worked with a few times. I think this was the third or fourth time we had worked together. We had done some stuff in college. And, um, yeah, he's just one of my favorite actors. He just has such a great capacity to be serious and funny at the same time. And this, yeah, definitely marijuana. He's obviously kind of a, a dweeb here, kind of a square guy. Um, And there was something interesting to me too that um, 
that how tall Dylan, who plays Jonah, is uh, compared to how small uh, James is. Obviously, he's a lot taller. You can see there. And I thought that that was kind of something interesting to me about Jonah was even though I hadn't originally thought I didn't think he was going to be that tall of a guy. And then when Dylan came in and totally nailed the audition, um, he's such a meek person in most of his life that to have him be this taller guy uh, with a kind of a commanding presence, I, I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting that like I think probably depending on what point of view you're coming at this with, you know, Mr. Green is really a pretty good hearted guy who who, you know, the accident, Ollie's accident that obviously he's still recovering from. Um, uh, he, he's really looking out for uh, really looking out for him. But obviously Dylan and or Jonah and Ollie think he's kind of a kind of a loser, but. It's all a matter of perspective. Why the jacket? That was Maddie's dad's jacket that we had. We just kind of we had a few options, and uh, the jacket actually um, one of my favorite movies uh, uh punch drunk love where adam sandler the entire movie is wearing the same bright blue suit that was one of the um that was one of the inspirations behind that jacket the or the outfit that that jonah's wearing is that again he like talking about the beginning he has this intense fixation on everything in his life and when he gets it in his head that he needs to wear a jacket to look good he's gonna wear the jacket all the time um I think originally it was actually going to be a full suit, but we uh, we decided that wasn't quite going to cut it. That's obviously just some sign we printed out. <laughs> Later on, they go to a pizza place, and the, it was actually the the door next to this door, or maybe even this door. Like like the pizza place they end up in later in the movie is this door, but I, we just didn't have the two locations, so we doubled up. Yeah, the party being, you know, the way the movie's shaped is everything is, is based into this party. It's obviously kind of like Ollie's undoing and Jonah's undoing. This is actually, the this house here is... Uh, right in the backyard of the house that we shot the party in, which was Maddie's um, parents' house, which is where the crew was staying and most of the cast was staying. Uh, and right, like, a, you know, a one-minute walk through their backyard was this house. So they're actually right next to each other. So coming up right here, I love because you can see if you know what happens in the next scene, then you can s look at that. Ooh, she's pissed. I love that. That was like such a great little acting moment from Maddie there, because obviously at this point, <laughs> JC is like very fed up with with all um, with Jonah rather. So this was um, 
not the first scene we shot, but I think the second half of our first day is we, we kind of had two scenes or three scenes in the bedroom, um, this bedroom. And yeah, that's 75 Reasons Why I Love You. That was something that a high school girlfriend of mine had actually made for me when I was away at a Boy Scout camp. And I always thought of that as being such a sweet thing, such a nice thing. 75 Reasons Why I Love You. Um, but yeah, we, we, sh we shot these scenes on the first day. And if you, as weird of an inspiration as it might seem for this like very simple breakup scene, there's actually, um, a scene in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark where like he enters and you kind of towards the beginning and he's getting the mission. Um, and he throws the, you know, he's getting packing and he throws the pistol. And the way we shot the scene was it's all this one locked in shot, uh, from the corner that we're going to cut back to right here. Uh, and so the the scene actually plays out in this shot, but we just got a little bit of close-ups to break it up and cover it. it. And uh, and then he slides down, and the scene lowers. So, you know, I think JC was probably looking for a reason maybe to have Jonah inspire her or, or to keep him around. And then he's just is making her mad and pissing her off. And look at, oop, we're coming back to that shot, that Indiana Jones shot. So obviously, Spielberg is the master of a big wonder, and I wanted to, I looked immediately at that scene as a way to shoot this. And look at here is, you know, if you know much about filmmaking, you know that there's like a, kind of the idea of having the 180 line and you don't cross it because the camera's always on the same side of the action, and that's just for eye direction and all that. And there's an intentional line cross right there. The moment that, that JC makes a decision to break up with him. We cut across the line and we cut to out of that big wide shot that, that I called out. And the way this moment plays out is actually it was Jesse who plays Rod, um, you know, the friend, it was kind of his idea that, when we were working on the script pretty early on, he was like, well, what if we just saw Jonah get broken up with? I think it had ended, you know, a little bit more definitively or there's a little bit more dialogue. And, and Jesse had this great idea, which is like, what if he gets broken up with him? We just look at him. And here we are just looking at him with these like bicycle shots that come him up. Uh, you know, that cut there was just like he's there and then he's not there. He kind of feels absent or invisible literally by just cutting him out of this moving shot. This song by the great Cold Shoulders, my very good friend Jordan Witzegruder and Trevor Dahl, and I don't know the third guy's name. You might notice that this shot is handheld, but most of the shots in this opening of... Um, and the opening kind of act are all, a lot of them are tripod, you know, like, so like right here, uh, walking in the shots in the breakup scene, um, a, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of hand or a lot of tripod rather just to kind of really highlight like how square and how rigid Jonah's life is, or at least how he's trying to, he's trying to have this rigid rigidity. Is that a word? Uh, rigidity to his life. Um, and then later in the movie that changes 
we actually he was actually punching that fridge too and I, I think later in the movie you can see that um you can see that there's a dent now the bird i always went back and forth with the bird because he hears the crack the bunk and then he looks out and there's this dead bird and to me the bird was like a very like simple bizarre um like the inevitability of death and the inevitability of the little things that keep coming back. Cause obviously we keep seeing that bird uh, one more time. And we hear it, I think another time after that. Um, and it's just this kind of bizarreness, like these, these small intricacies of life uh, are always going to come back, you know, especially something as simple as just the death. Um, that was kind of inspired by another Paul Thomas Anderson movie too, actually Magnolia, where at the end of the movie, there's a, it rains frogs and, I think that kind of got me into just like, what if this bird kept coming back? This bird that keeps dying and dying and dying every time he goes back. Now, Nikki, who plays the pizza girl, um, she actually had never acted before. We She was friends with my sister uh, a couple years younger than me from my high school in Connecticut. And she was helping us. She was going to film school at the time in Chicago where we were shooting. And she came out to help. And we were like, well, we need someone to be the pizza girl. Can someone, anyone? And she she showed up for it. And I thought she did a great job. I love that cut. <laughs> He's just eating the pizza and being so sad. He's kind of just wallowing in himself. I think that, like, that's the thing about Jonah is he's not always... He's almost kind of very rarely likable in that he's kind of wallowing and being sad for himself. And the movie is him kind of getting out of that, I uh, I think. Now, the extras, that was a big issue for me because we we shot all of the scenes we shot i think for about six days straight in the house doing all of the different scenes as they come back and back and back and we we wanted to have i wanted to have about 20 to 30 extras to fill out the house to have kind of wide shots but we ended up having basically no one so we had extras for one day we had a few people come other days just to flesh out if they could but we had one extra day and then when it came down to that day no one showed up and uh and so that's why these shots are really tight. It, it, it sells the information, but um, that giraffe in the frame there—that was a gift from me to a high school from to, from a high school ex-girlfriend to me. So the movie is kind of riddled with real life props and things from my own relationships. The only you know, the, the, my, the things that kind of got me to this story, to the script, or whatever. They're looking opposite directions here. Just kind of, you know, the, 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 the Ollie is so low, so so few people look at him eye to eye. Uh, and Jonah is so preoccupied with his own thoughts and with his own kind of sorrow that he's, you know, he's turned away. He's not even looking at, at Ollie. They're on different levels entirely. So, like, with the extras, like, this shot, right, um right here in the mirror like obviously we had extras in that shot and not when we filmed the other the normal amount of the the scene at large and so we kind of picked up that mirror shot on its own just to insert and kind of sell the amount of people as often as we could same with this shot like we did this scene and that shot right before then 
um, on different days because we just didn't have the extras, which was a bummer. You know, I don't know if I would ever recommend doing that again, but we, we were in such a low budget standpoint and just doing it as quickly as we can. Um, I don't know what we were thinking here with this giant bag of weed. Okay, he looks down. And he's got this bag of weed, and I, I don't know, man. Like, I, he's just so much. I, I, I guess I would put, I guess if I could change something, I would put less weed in that bag. If you look there, there's a picture of Wolf Punch for a fleeting second. You might miss it. It's a character from one of my first films from high school, superhero movie. It's peeking out there. There he is, Wolf Punch. We always talked about Vicky, um, Olivia's character here, as being kind of the mother of the group. She, uh, very caring. In the back there is Cody Buffington, YouTuber extraordinaire. You see there's just cans and bottles everywhere. We had to dirty up this house and make it look like there was really something going on. This was a hard scene to shoot, I think, because, um, you know, there's such an emotional scene, and, and it was actually a bit longer. We cut, I cut a few lines out just to kind of tighten it up, um, which is something you never really can plan for or count for, but um, if you'll notice, especially in Ollie's shot, there's these bottles poking up into frame, and they're also in Dylan's as well. Um, just to, I, I always, I pictured those as kind of being like, you know, like like bars on a jail cell like like despite despite his his best wishes he's still kind of restrained by his addiction um and then when it comes back on a jonah you know they're just poking up they're not as prominent but they're there the idea that the alcohol always has a presence i think Dalton here is he's just such an incredible actor and his performance I thought really really delivers on a lot um I know he had done a lot of prep work about you know theoretically what even though Ollie's supposed to be such a bright uh, chipper guy like what exactly his thought process was on the accident and all that I know he had done a lot of work there just delivers so much in the eyes that's how you know you get a good actor there is just he's he's saying one thing but his eyes say it say you know another thing and they they kind of work together dylan too i mean he's this big guy and he just he's such a meek person he just doesn't know he's so little control over himself He's looking at the bottles, you know, those bottles that were in the frame earlier. The scene ends, begins and ends with them. And that's a testament to, you know, to Ollie's character, too, is that, like, he is so charismatic that Jonah knows that this is a bad thing. But, you know, like, he's convincing you to give him this beer, even though anyone would have been able to say, like, this is bad. This is going to ruin him. That obviously comes back on Jonah later. 
working himself up. I think they both know that this is a mistake. Almost unintentionally, I think that Nikki, the pizza girl, and we found that, you know, JC needed a friend, needed some other presence. And so the pizza girl became her friend. I think you can actually see Maddie in this next shot, like through the window. Yeah, see, there's Maddie who plays JC right there. Obviously, you can't tell that it's her. And that's her brother, her actual brother. Her friends are, his friends are super just opportunistic. You know, that period, I think, towards the, right before college or in those years where there's kind of an invincibility to all these stupid things that you're doing, getting away with, and and they're not totally thinking that, like, they're really throwing their, you know, their, their innocent friend all the way over the edge. There's a fake, fake marijuana in there. Just got it's like a herb, this big bag of herb you get for like ten dollars on Amazon. Again, one of those scenes where we didn't have that many extras, but we really just kind of had to use what we had, which is just the two or three different people. In the background, that's Liz LaBelle, the very great Canadian-based... Uh, she's in Nashville now, but a very, very talented musician, Liz LaBelle. It's just so... Uh, even there, you know, we just put those feet in the frame just to f make the room feel a little bit bigger than it actually was. There I am, making my... Making my uh, uh, contractually obligated cameo. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, and this is a funny scene to shoot because Jesse. I mean, Jesse is just one of the most talented. We I really lucked out. Not even lucked out, but we, you know, we really had such a great cast here, and and Jesse is just so talented and so committed to everything he does. And he wanted to get drunk during the scene. And I was like, are you sure? You know, I wasn't going to stop him. But I said, are you sure? I want to make sure you don't have control. And he, every in between every take, he was taking swigs of f fireball. And he was he was really trying to get himself there. But even with that, he never lost that performance. He was able to really snap into it. Put the cans in the pool just to add a little bit motion in the frame. Make, make the frame subtly more interesting. Those cans in the corner there. This scene was much longer too, and I tightened it up. Just you know, no one ever left a movie and said it was too, said it was too short. Because if they did, they wanted more, and that's a good thing. There's a lot of talk about how Rod was going to position himself for his opinion if he wanted Jonah to go for it all the way or if he wanted to really be hesitant. 
I think we decided that, you know, there's an encouragement to it, but there's also, like, an acknowledgement that, oh, yeah, this is dangerous, but, you know, but maybe you're ready, but maybe you're ready. And that positions Jonah, that makes it Jonah's fault and Jonah's uh, intention to take the pills, as opposed to just kind of an accident or something like that. And you can hear there as the music starts to go backwards. And there's the uh, the voice backwards predates the uh, the footage going backwards right there. And in light of, in lieu of like doing something really effects heavy or or whatever, I, you know, I I like I like a very simple visual language and just delivering the information in as clean a way as possible. And I thought that like even from the beginning from the script, I just wanted the time travel element of this to just be a a cut. You know, he's in one time, he's in another time. And now we're getting into the part of the movie, you know, where things start to repeat over and over and over again. And um, there's a lot of attention, I think, paid to to the the kind of lenses that were used and how the shots play out. Where obviously, I said in the beginning that there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of um, tripod, but here things end up being handheld, and it changes the dynamic. And also, as he goes back more and more, if we use maybe a 50 millimeter lens in the, in the first time we see this scene, uh, you can see that Dalton's face has a little bit more um, depth to it because we used a much wider lens just to change Jonah's perspective and the audience's perspective on these scenes. So, you know, even though the scenes are coming back and back, there's a lot of different technical aspects of it even how they're shot and, and how the entrances and exits are. But as you know, probably uh, no matter how many times he keeps come back, certain things like the slap keep, keep happening. You also notice too that um, even if even if in a scene like the last one where he gets slapped in the living room, but he he wakes up outside, where he took the drug the first time was right outside, right there on the bench. So even though the movie doesn't necessarily point you to the fact that he's always waking up in the spot where he last took the drug or something like that, um, uh, it, it, it's true. There's Justin Hall, our camera assistant. He's in the movie a considerable amount as an extra, just filling the frame. You notice the post-it is there. He put that post-it there in the first act. And we're also back to uh, to tripod shots because again, when he's at the party, his life was kind of unstable. He was he was drinking, and now it's back to this squareness, this stability that he he's built for himself. There's James again. And you can see there's a light in the frame there. I don't think I noticed that until like a year after we had shot, actually.
that jello i think it was originally going to be a cake but but you know making i think when you make a movie for better or for worse um you always want to litter it with as many details with as many specifics as possible and and to me the jello felt like much more specific much more memorable than uh than a cake and also if we're talking about Mr. Green as a character, he probably doesn't have a cake lying around or wouldn't even really know how to make a cake. But if he had just some leftover jello, he would just, you know, throw the water in that and make it as just kind of a consolation. And also the movement is great. The color. Yeah, just a, it was a dumb idea. <laughs> he puts it on the stairs, comes back later. So yeah, obviously here, Jonas still doesn't know what happened. He thinks that, you know, this whole event was just about Mr. Green yelling at them. He steps a little closer, gets a little bit more intimate, a little bit more close to the camera. But even then, you know, you notice that the closer he gets and the more intimate he gets, we're looking up at... Um, even though he's the shorter character, we're looking up at Mr. Green again because he's kind of the commendable person as opposed to, to Jonah where we're a little bit more on his level here. You know, the power of the scene is, is all the way in Mr. Green's point of view, especially towards the later part of this. James just totally delivering on the emotion here. Very similar to the breakup scene, actually, you know, there's this, I love the idea that we're really just watching Dylan perform, we're watching Jonah have a moment, um, he's really processing this just on his own, as opposed to there being outrage or some heavy-handed emotional response, um, he's not that person, he's like, he's, he's got a lot suppressed, and he's, he's dealing with a lot on his own, and, and that shows here, I think. Walks out into the blazing hot sun. Again, as these scenes come back and Dylan goes back to these different locations, um, it, they're shot differently. The last time we saw the exterior, it was a wide, and now here we are, uh, super tight with the flag and adding a little bit of nice motion there. And unsuspectingly, there's motion in the frame Ooh. talking about these oneers, talking about these locked off tripod oneers, like the breakup scene like a lot of these scenes i love it i love just putting the camera in one spot and then just letting the actors do what their thing this was a pretty early scene too actually because this was you know the same house um uh that we shot the uh the breakup scene in in ollie or uh jace's bedroom this was this was that house, so we were here pretty early on, and and I think maybe even on our second day, and because it is such an emotional scene, and I think this sliding door was a nice was a nice addition here, because you know, on a certain level, scenes are about the words and the emotions, uh, but I uh, certain things like the sliding door can add a little bit of physical uh, work to what the scene is about. So obviously here. Uh, 
Maddie has control of the door and Dylan wants to get in. But really what he's asking her is if he can talk. So like his ability to talk or not becomes the door. And then here she lets him open the door. So that way, you know, as opposed to just letting him in, it, the scene becomes about the door. And then here the scene immediately becomes about the table because, you know, she's holding on to the chair for security. He's he's all the way across on the other side. Um, um, he doesn't quite know how to approach her about this. He doesn't even really know the truth, even though he he probably has an inkling. And she obviously knows she saw him. But that phys- the physical nature of the scene, and that comes up a few different times too, is it's all about the table or it's all about the door. Um, you know, it's just a way to give the actors a little bit something more to work with. And on a certain level, uh, you know, elevate the scene, I think. There's that juxtaposition of the white sunlight, the white cloudy sunlight with the orange light behind her. Really does wonders for her orange hair. Very nice. She cares for him a lot, but I think that she needs that distance to to process. And obviously she knows that he's made this huge mistake. Again, it becomes about the door. Slides the door. She won't let him in anymore. This is her house. It's her emotion. It's, it's her everything. Got the pan down here of Ollie's house. That comes up a few times. You know, obviously when he gets to the party, it's the same shot. But this time it's with the white cloudy sky. And there's not a frame in the door so he could get right to it. Shots repeating. They come back. Obviously, we've seen this shot before when he woke up. He kicked the giraffe, which is right there. There's all these cans and bottles. I think here I kind of struggled to hold the camera, but I ended up liking it. Just a little bit of life. Again, talking about the physical nature, he kicks the can, and the scene becomes about the can, and then that leads him to the pill, as opposed to just him finding the pill... It becomes about the can. Jesse really showed up with these outfits. He had a lot of... Originally, Rod was actually written to be kind of more of like a a stoner more of like a hippie character and then when jesse came in he 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 you know wanted to do some work with it and i said let me see it and he showed up kind of this character with the earrings and the necklaces and the outfits and we talked a lot about how he's so careful about his presentation so he always looks good he's always got a nice outfit on hair is done 
as opposed to Jonah, who literally has not changed. He hasn't been home. Oh, I mean, he was home, but he, he didn't even change. He just went right out. He was lying. Again, Vicky kind of being the mother character there, where she knows that Rod's saying, "Oh, I'm going to tear his head off." He's he's exaggerating. He's he's bluffing. He's lying. He's all about the image. She knows that you know JC's or Jonah's mom is kind of an absent mom, single mom. This housing situation isn't so good. Again, the movie isn't about that, but that's kind of we wanted that to be just under the surface. He rubs his head. I, I, that was kind of a nice improvise, improvisation. They treat Jonah like a kid because he kind of is. The only time we see this shot is here from above. This was me actually in a tree. I climbed up a tree with a camera to get this shot. Every time they're here, the dynamic is just a little bit different. It's shot a little bit different of a way. So there's like a progression to Jonah's relationship with his friends and with the space. That's what the whole, you know, a lot of different parts in the movie are. It's the developing relationship with the space. Now we couldn't, for some reason, I never got the voiceover. I mean, the voicemail from the mom. So that's actually my girlfriend, uh, Megan, doing doing the, the mom voice <laughs> it was so quick that i yeah i just kind of allowed it and i feel like if you if you don't know her then you wouldn't notice he's thinking about it he knows he's got a plan the pizza thing always coming back as being like it's kind of Jonah's comfort is that he knows he always gets pizza from the same spot there's my parents minivan in the background with a flashing light to add motion but yeah you know pizza was his and Ollie's thing and it's always a comfort a place of comfort and he almost thinks like I think that with his relationship with this pizza girl there's like a uh, a certain aspect of buying friendship or calling up friendship but at this point, I think he already has the idea. And he's looking at it. But uh, you can't just do it, of course. That's a lot to just be able to be the guy that takes a pill. So, of course, doesn't even touch the pizza. He misses... That was Dylan's idea to f mess up the first time, figuring Jonah had never used a, uh, never used a bottle opener, so he wouldn't know how to do it. And then just cut, hard cut. Eh, there it is, all the bottles. I'm talking about just, you know, making the visual language as simple as possible. All those bottles being again like jail cell bars. So now we cut in on a close up. 
the dynamic of how our relationship to the scene has changed just a little bit. And we're getting it in close-ups this time before going a little bit wider. Because, you know, he's seeing things differently. We're not oriented. We're totally disoriented, if anything. And a lot of the, the voices, actually, especially the off-screen ones, are just the same takes from the beginning. The, hello, who's there? You two. Like, there's, there's a lot of subtlety to the fact that these are just the same sounds, the same things he's heard, even if the performances are subtly different. The background noises, the noises of the forest, the um, and I haven't even begun to talk about. Oh gosh, our our composer Jeff Bryce just totally delivered on a on a score. I think that lives on its own, um, having you know different themes for the different characters, and we get them in uh, in major keys and minor keys, and that changes as we progress uh, in order to you know, uh, add and take away to how the characters are feeling through the music. And, and Jeff is just a genius. I mean, he, he's done, he's done a lot of other great work and I will work with him to the day I die. You know, the scene playing out very similarly, but now Jonah is, is, is emboldened and, and, and he treats people a little bit differently. So last time we had a tight close up on a tripod of the shot of the um, uh, sign. And then we cut to the guys and now it's just this one handheld, you know, I think it was actually on a glide cam shot of uh, panning back with them, adding a little bit of motion, same door, the door that that freaking sign was on. There it is. We only had a few hours in this in this pizza joint. It actually wasn't a pizza joint. It was like a cafe or something like that. And we, uh, you know, obviously the movie is written to have very few public locations because we didn't know what we were going to have access to. But, uh, but we got this one. Taste of Paris, I believe it was called. Talking about pizza as kind of their comfort zone. And there Dalton actually spilt on his shirt. And, you know, it was just one of those moments where you capture a little, like, natural reaction to, to something that's happened. And the other thing, too, here is that is that there's... There, there's... This is all fake, right? Like, if you've seen the movie, you know that he keeps coming back and he keeps coming back. And these are kind of trips. These are kind of uh, delusions in his head. And so all of the dialogue and a lot of the things is really just he's having a conversation with himself. This isn't Ollie talking. So the idea of, like, oh, have you have you had anything with college? Of course he has. That's where all of this, like, paranoia is coming from. Um. This was a totally unintentional transition. I just happened to drop the camera and then when it worked into the pan down I'd like to be I'd like to be able to say that it was intentional but uh it was not
she's here talking about how you know these these scenes definitely progress and change um they're shot a little bit differently this one's now a little bit tighter than the last time There was a funny outtake there where, where that kid in the Mr. Rogers shirt kind of says something and then Jesse yells at him, but it seemed a little bit inappropriate. So here the shot's totally shaking. It's to, you know as opposed to the tripod version or the or the smoother version, it's tighter. It's it's from a different angle slightly, and things keep coming up. These the, we don't have to stay in anymore. These are all things that JC has said, uh, uh, but. We're hearing them almost in, in a in a new way, in a new light. It's a reiteration. It's all all of this half of the movie, this latter half of the movie, is just such a reiteration of all the things that Jonah fears coming back and back and back and getting worse. That really sums up the movie right there. I think you know we have to change. I, what if I don't want to? There's Wolf Punch again. He's repeating himself because he knows these scenes now. He's beginning to to become a little bit smart to the fact that he uh, he knows he knows what's happening. Again, the music. This is a Nico Cat song. Jordan Witchergruder and Cameron Walker and Jess Bowen's band playing in the background, and it happens every time we see this scene. The same song starts from the same spot. Um, there's probably a whole commentary track I could do about the math you know when do things start what lenses in addition to to the lenses and all that but the song here is the same one that happened before it's not just the visuals it's the audio too it's just as important there's the pill bag this was at the end of our longest day i believe we shot this on july 7th we had like one 14 hour day and I told everyone it was going to be a marathon, and it was, and it was hard. There's the the fireball bottle that Jesse was drinking out of right in the background. Again, pretty, pretty typical of Jonah to say that he's fixing things, but he's talking. Is this him talking to himself? Not this time. He's going to do it. There's a there's a determination. Again, talking about how in the beginning, Jonah is kind of stagnant. He's not doing a lot for himself. And, and because of what happens to Ollie, he finds it in his own mind um, to, you know, to take charge, to do something. And uh, unfortunately, it's, 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 it's this lesson that he learns in his own head and through this kind of drug-addled thing. But the idea being that when he wakes up, he would be a changed man or on his way to a changed man at least there it is another reiteration from before the breakup scene there's justin again look at him look at him go so where is he waking up in the kitchen where he took the pill you know now, it works enough, but he takes the this bandage off. He sees it. Whoa, what the hell? 
because we filmed the other scene where he has it on and uh, we forgot to take it off. We I forgot to put it on, so we needed a shot where he takes it off, and here it is. There's the there's the jello. If you notice, even though technically speaking, in Jonah's head, the jello hadn't happened yet. There's a lot of those little cues that show that yes, it did happen. There it is. So if you're paying attention to the details, or if you're watching it for a second or third time, uh, I, 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 my hope would be that you would be picking up on those details. Um, you know, because obviously I, I'm, I'm, I'm making a movie for people who are are seeing it the first time. But what I really want is I want people to watch it again, or I want people to be able to pick up on things, or even just in the only time they see it, to be able to have a, a really good experience. Jesse and Dylan rehearsed this. They they brought this to me. They wanted to practice it, and then they said, "Well, what if we did it like this?" And because you know, talking about how 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 Rod is is kind of a coward. He's kind of an all looks um, thing. He sucker punches him right there, and he's holding onto his face. You know, he really isn't a guy with a lot of honor. Just a lot of emotion. And these outfits. So always looks good. Because that's what's important to him. Here's their mom. That's actually Maddie's mom, JC's mom. But she was the mom we had, and we went with her. And she looks like Dylan enough. Just don't think too hard about how she looks like JC. The relationship to our shots is different. We see the table. We know right where he's going. The pills that Rod hid. It's a lot of reiterations. That It was one of the things that made this movie very doable on such a low budget. Obviously, we did this for basically nothing. Um, and just a lot of goodwill and favors. But it was designed to be that because so many of the shots are the same. So many of the scenes are the same that it allowed us to do a lot with a little. That's kind of the point. We come in on the close up, same shot. They go the other way because now he knows the first time he, he, he has intention, but he's unable to act on it. The third time he's coming in with intention and he's able to act on it. He's learned his lesson. This is obviously a new, uh, a new area for this scene to take place. Um, we're going to see it again in just a little bit. It's just, just, just further down the path where they were talking before. But it's wider. It's, it's He's pushing him this time. As opposed to the first two times where Ollie is very explicitly clear. I don't need to, I don't need to be pushed. And there Dylan is pushing him. Cluing in a little bit. How did you know? But this is him, you know, this is him building a delusion. This is this is Jonah having this kind of drug trip. The money is there. The 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 post-it is on the table, just like how he remembered when he came home after the pizza. But he's building a case against himself. He's building a, he's building excuses. He's building a lot of different things. Uh, which is going to get dangerous, which is going to explode at the end. That's what this movie is. It's all, it's this fixations that he has. It's the jacket. It's that, uh, uh, it's the, it's our first line. You know, there are so many days when you're all that I think about because he can't escape that. Here he breaks the pill, takes only a half. Like that's going to work. <laughs> Ooh, and he's gone. 
Now, the music here is the same from the pizza joint. The music is the same. The, the cues are the same. They're, they're happening at a certain point. Now, in the background here, you'll notice, see that girl in the white? That's my sister, Lauren, who was kind of the assistant director for the first half of the shoot. And adding those subtle things, those details, is she, just keep watching the scene and you'll look for her and see her because as things repeat, 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 she keeps coming back. And, you know, things, especially with the music, things are a little bit more fun. But, uh, but obviously things are going very serious. It's moving. We're having a good enough time, but not so much in their head. There's Lauren again. And now the drugs are kind of taking their own trip, it, it, building this delusion. This thing keeps rising. Oop, there's the bird, that inevitable death, that inevitable thing. There's Lauren again. <laughs> Pretty good versus great. Another recurring thing. And now the drugs are acting on their own. Things are, as a bit of a precursor to when things really get wacky, things are already just moving forward. There's inevitability. We're just cut right in. We don't get the establishing shots. It's just these 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 snippets of memory. He knows. He knows the motions. And and even here, that's why we don't see him discovering things, is that he he's aware of how things are gonna go. And we come in on this on this scene from their side now, as opposed to coming into it on on Jonah. He's aware. It continues to rise into uh, into the next scene, which ends up being kind of the pivotal one into the next act. You know, because originally he's trying to just save Ollie, and that's like what he that's what's in his mind now. But something is happening. He's creating an excuse for why he can't save Ollie. So we, when we come in here, we see them together. These two fixations of his, these two primary fixations is, you know, the guy he, he wants to be and the girl he wants to be with. But when in reality, the reality is, is that, yeah, he doesn't want it, but that doesn't mean anything. Everything's changing, but he's resisting it. So basically, instead of accepting fault, here is here is the big pivotal moment where he's created this ultimate excuse where their behavior, Ollie's death, the breakup, everything is not his fault. He's pinned it on everyone but himself, and that is kind of the fixation of the movie. Something stupid is just Cody right there with the bag on his head. We've seen him so many times that we needed some way to hide him. So the punch comes back. We saw him punch the fridge, the 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 window. It, 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 he can't he can't escape these things. There's the pills in his pocket. I can fix this. He's so obsessed, you know, with these fixations, with this mission. But at the same time, he's using the pills, and the pills are coming back to him as just this. Uh, as a way to dodge responsibility, I guess. And that was one of the things that I wanted to do with the time travel is, 
yeah, like it might be a fun movie if he was actually going back in time and able to do all these things, but that's not quite the point. The point is that he's going back, but it's not real. You can't go back. You need to move forward. And that's like his his learning. There I am, white shirt, jumping up and down like a friggin' dingus. As the party moves around him. We're still in the trip, obviously. It's getting more intense. It's happening for longer. It's We don't get the establishing shots anymore. And here, we're about to break... Um, from from it entirely where where the things that he's seen so far are about to he's taken a high enough dosage that you know in theory things are are getting crazy and that was just a little moment of of showing the inevitability you know can we go outside and he says no but they get outside talking about that that visual language on top of what they're what they're saying what they're doing is is that's the movie right like like can we go outside no but he's saying that as he's outside he can't help these things he can't help any of it but it's happening to him anyways and he's not handling it well he's handling it the opposite of well he's handling it you know please don't tell me how things are i love this again summing up jonah's point of view and finally, also the party noise, all that stuff that we've heard, the music, it's all gone. It's just silence now. I love how Maddie's orange hair looks against the blue light in the back. Joan and I, uh, Dylan and I got into a bit of a scuffle because <laughs> Maddie was actually hitting him, and I didn't realize that. And he was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Here we are coming back to, uh, to the to that same spot where we just saw this big wide suburbia all about the lines the lines in the grass the lines right there the lines of the house here we have a really tight shot his motion is limited and then we cut to the wide shot and he burst out of the frame he comes in oh, my upstairs neighbor's taking a shower this was a scene that was a longer right in the cut. There was actually uh, Mr. Green comes in and has a whole moment here. And when I saw it at the premiere, I, I it, it wasn't totally working for me. And so I, that was the last change that I made to the movie. Uh, and now we come in and he's taken so much of this drug. He's taken so much of this thing uh, that, uh, that it's so intense and it's bringing him all the way back to his childhood. Especially these moments... Of, of fixation you know like like this is what he wants right like he wants to be stuck in his childhood he wants to be this person again and dylan's ability to to stick it stick himself right into this childlike persona was such so amazing he worked so well with with this little joey here he plays young ollie and they're sneaking off they're being bad you know they're carving their names in the trees and 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 jonah's totally going into it oh there's the bird Look at here. I love this shot because he sees his friends and as he walks over, he goes from being a child to being a, a teenager. He gets sad again. We obviously see Ollie walking for the first time in the movie too. 
So he wants to be a child, and then here, what's he going to do? They're smoking. But he's going to... What if I did it this time? Because, you know, here he's trying to make up for his mistakes. He's trying to do things that he didn't do before. But he's totally not, you know, that's probably made up. That probably didn't actually happen. This was the first scene we shot. The first scene in JC with JC and Dylan. Because timeline-wise, this is the earliest scene in their relationship. The last time we saw her room, it was a mess. Now it's all cleaned up. And so even though he resisted the change or he went along with it, he in those last two scenes, he 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 loves this, right? Like this is like he's coming out of this relationship that went so that that expired. It was over. And then he gets to come to the first time they kissed. It, it, how amazing of a feeling he gets to feel that rush again, uh, falling in love um that you never get that you know you you get you get to fall in love once with someone and then you 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 build on that but he's obsessed with it he can't stop thinking about it so he comes back to it and then he comes back into one of their greatest memories you know building this pillow fort back to Jeff Bryce the composer oh i mean if you can go back and and watch from from the young Ollie scene to the end of the movie, it just uh, Jeff did such an amazing job. Um, this is so emotional. Ever that ever thing they actually came up with that Dylan and, and and Maddie they came up with it uh, on top of the script as kind of an inside joke just to add a little bit of life to their relationship. Here it is. I never want to lose you, she said, and he remembered that. But they but they still lost each other. But he's coming back to these moments, all of these memories he's coming back to. He's trying to to reiterate these these great moments. But here is where we're going to lose touch of that. We're going to lose... Things weren't ever forever. What do you mean? You know, that's when college started to get in the way. Change was happening, and, and the last thing he, he wanted was, was change. He was resisting it. I always talked about that Ollie and JC going to the same college it's being just a simple way to put them in the same space. A nice little practical effect, no visual effects. You just ducked right behind that bed. And here, I mean, if you're talking about uh, looking at this scene, I, this is a, this is a scene where he wouldn't have seen this. Jonah wouldn't have seen this. Maybe he would have come home to them, maybe in the same house together, and thought that was a little bit weird. But at this point. Things have gotten bad, and he's and he's creating scenes in his head to to create excuses to to follow this narrative, um, and he's trying to interact with it, but it's not real anymore. It's it's a it's this trip. So that's kind of his mental journey, the good, the bad, and then here it is this realization that. He can't do anything. He keeps trying to fix things, trying to fix things. And this this scene and then the next one are the ones where he really realizes, wait a, wait a second. I can't do anything about it. Probably looking at them talking and bonding and, oh, we've never talked before. And here, here, here Jonah is realizing his faults a little bit, resisting them. Please, no. 
Let's keep it the way it was. That's what he wants. That's all he wants. He opens the door on himself. Trying to interject himself into this this false memory that he's made. This, you know, keep in mind, he's still on drugs right now. This is him having a trip. Why do things go away? And then he hears the phone. And now we're coming right back into the memory. This, the, You know, this is the worst moment of his life right here. I love, I mean, Dylan, I love, this, uh, this movie is filled with my favorite actors. But he knows what's happening. He knows what, the, there's the accident. Something, something is, is changed and, and, and he doesn't, he's confused about it. He doesn't know what to do, but here he's going to accept it. He's going to, I can't change this. That's it. I still get a little emotional seeing him deliver that, because that's the moment where it changes. Is that Ollie's gonna, Ollie's gonna, Ollie's gonna get into that crash. Ollie's gonna die. These things are going to happen, no matter how bad they seem. And it's no point in resisting it. He needs to. He needs to adapt. And here he is, just choosing. Not even a, a necessarily. Uh, a real memory or, or, or a complete memory. I think probably the first half of it is real, but he's just putting himself into just a pleasant moment, not even a pleasant moment. He's just putting himself into a moment, an emotional connective moment that with his best friend. And I think Ollie's ability to say that everything is different, but he's not used to it yet. But you're not going to, and he's so chill about it. He's not going to walk. There, he, he doesn't want to say it, but he's not going to walk. And he's so chill about it. And 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 Jonah tries to poke in, but but Ollie just wants to move move on. See right here. It's okay. And there's the lesson right there. He'd rather let it go. And Jonah doesn't want that, but. But 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 he's learning now. This is it. This is the moment. He learned from his best friend this thing, this attitude of this guy that he loves and he's gone and he's missing, but he's just they're talking to each other. He's kind of talking to a ghost of himself. And he's never gonna get this back. And there it is. Do you regret anything? I do, but I think I'm getting better at that. Because it's not about being the perfect person. It's about, you know, trying to be a better person. There he is, confronting the delusion. Eh, just a little bit of a, a lesson there. This shot actually changed. I always wanted this shot. This was one of the first, again, one of the first things that I kind of thought of thinking about the imagery of this movie is this he goes from the outside to the inside and there's people in and the party's going on but when the extras weren't available uh weren't around we didn't have them it changed into a this cutting version where we just cut on the eyes you see you really focus on the eyes there it's kind of staples in the image i love the horns jeff's horns here it's such a killer job. 
Justin, assistant camera. And then here we are, kind of uh, the last time he's going to see Ollie, this, this final memory. And then he wakes up because because he's okay. He's just in a coma. He probably brought him to a hospital. He's probably been there for, you know, maybe two weeks even. And originally I wanted Jonah to be in his his hospital gown all of these scenes. And 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 I had a bit of an argument, I'll admit, with Maddie and uh, Dylan about that. Because I wanted the hospital gown, but they wanted, you know, Jonah's hair has been in his face the entire time. He gets pushed back and he's in a little bit more mature of an outfit than we've seen him. Uh, as opposed to the suit. He looks a little bit older here, so I think it really, you know, goes to show that he's he's a bit of a changed person visually. And what a hard scene to shoot! You know, we didn't do very many takes of this because it was such a high emotion. You can actually see if you're paying attention and watching in HD and all that that it's raining. There's rain, and we were still still living with it. And there's also no sound here, and and because nothing seemed like it it truly honored the moment the, no amount of music the, the rain um the sniffling the crying a, a, any of that i wanted really the focus here to not be uh, on a traditional movie watching experience it's more of a silent film we we have the shot of dylan the shot of them approaching uh here they are in this great wide shot where they're kind of moving across they're almost like a queue you know it's almost like a line where they're each getting their turn to to, to say their goodbyes with 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 Jonah, they've probably they've already been to the funeral, they've already been in the service, and now they have this moment together. And then just like that first shot of the movie was the wide shot where they're all together. As we hear them again, here they are in a nice tight shot all together. It's a story of forgiveness. They don't need to forgive Jonah, but that's not what the story I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the one to the friends that love each other and they came together. And there it is, the end, the end of the movie. Where is it? There it is. The end. And I do, I would be remiss if I did not mention this credit song made by a guy who is in the soundtrack a bunch in the movie, Jordan Witzegruder, one of my best buds. Uh, and also one of my favorite artists is The Ready Set. And this is a song of his from like 2008 um, that I have loved ever since then for the last decade. And, um, uh, and I and I always knew it was perfect. I always knew that the subject matter, because it is about someone dying and, and the acceptance and the the emotions of that. Um, and and amazingly, he did this beautiful new version, and uh, um, and, and and I think it, I just love it so much. And I hope he releases it publicly someday soon, because uh, I know it really does service to the emotion of the movie. Um, and there's just one there's just one more thing that I want to point out, which is that uh um you know when you get to our credits list, it is so small. Our cast was very small. Here's our main people, our supporting cast is gonna come up. But as far as the scale that we did this movie on, it was literally just me. Um I had a DP that I was working with, his name with name was Eric. Uh, but he had to drop out because of his, uh, some family health issues uh, just two weeks before. So I ended up shooting most of the movie by myself. And then I had my friends Justin Hall, who uh, I've worked with many, many times since. And my friend Cody, help with sound. My sister came out for a little bit of a round. We had Nikki. Uh, the pizza girl was a bit of a PA. Um, but it was this was as small as you could get. And, and making this movie, it was always important to me that... 
you know, there were no excuses. Sure, we could have made things look better. We could have had more lights. We could have had uh, uh, a lot of different things. But we didn't have the money. We didn't have the resources. All we had was passion and a and a really um, uh, good team and, and a desire to tell the story. And that's what we did. Uh, and and so yeah, of course there are things that maybe I'd want to change technically or or story wise. But uh, but really. Uh, I, 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 I'm so proud of the work and I'm so proud of the team that, that we had. Um, so, so thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'd love to, 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 to talk to you about the movie. If you, if you watched it and you want to find me, uh, via email, you can email, uh, uh, contact relativity at Gmail and I, I'll be able to get that there. Or, uh, you find me on, you know, social media and all that. Um, uh, because this was obviously such a, uh, this was as passionate a project as you can get, uh, and, and here we all are, our tiny little crew. Um, uh, so we'll just watch the, the end of these credits. There's my sister walking in the background of the shot. That, I mean, that was it. This photo was it. With the addition of my sister, it doesn't get any bigger. It doesn't get any smaller than this. It was a blast. And, you know, I think that finding joy in filmmaking, finding joy in storytelling is uh, important to me. And I know it's important to a lot of other people. And I think that there's a lot of self-doubt that goes into this process. And I know I had my journey with it here thinking I've made such a bad movie, but uh, I'm so happy for it to be out. I'm so happy to have shared it. And, uh, and I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you put it in you. So uh, I'm looking forward to, 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 to doing another one, I guess. Yeah. And that's it. So, uh, so have a have a wonderful evening or morning or I don't know. Uh, have have a wonderful anything you got to do, and uh, I'll talk to you soon.